Right. Yeah. So what what I'm saying is when I was louder, I was on Skype. Yes. Since you moved to iChat, I've become quieter. Yes. About the way iChat is working on my system. I don't know. Who's listening to the Stones? Sorry. <laughs> what, what, what was that? That was the Rolling Stones. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm just waiting for the time we get together and have a podcast and we're all in the same room, but we're all using iChat to have the podcast. Be able to do bonjour to make our connection. Theoretically, the sound should be great. But there'll be echo, probably. Well, not if you build sound booths for each of us. <laughs> Appropriate. I'm going to use the word... <laughs> But not in the way it normally applies to Medialoper Bebop. Baffling. Um, yeah, I'll run out and buy some baffles. <laughs> Boy, you guys are all... Br- you, you know, guys just are really to, like, to block the... You know, so we'd have some sound separation between us. You, see, you yeah. seem baffled by the baffling, Jim. I'm not baffled by the baffling. I understand the baffling is not baffling at all. I'd go to the Genius Bar. They're magic. And they make your... They make your cat vomit problems vanish. I, I got mm. a, a, a comment from somebody who said that they um they had bi- they have biohazard bags at the Genius Bar. <laughs> really? <laughs> there's no telling what there's no telling what got into your computer. It's 7.19 p.m. on the west coast of the United States of America on Tuesday, October 25th, 2011. And that means it's time for what, Tim? Media Loper Bebop, episode 86. <laughs> Media Loper Bebop, tonight. Warner Brothers announces that after the end of the year, they're pulling the Harry Potter films from circulation. Then, is the explosion of Wi-Fi-only iPads messing up hotel Wi-Fi? Was a World Series game lost because the bullpen phone wasn't working? And finally, is the next must-have gadget a thermostat? All that and what's in Tim's mix on Media Leopard Bebop, episode 21, Harry Potter and the Naked Grab for Cash. I'm your host, Jim Connolly, and tonight I'm sponsored by Left Coast Brewing Company Voodoo Stout. And with me is Tim Gaskell. Um, and I'm sponsored by Kettle One. And Kirk Biglioni. And I'm sponsored by uh, Lagunitas. And I'm drinking the seasonal Doppelweizen, which has a sort of banana flavor to it. And last week, I believe, did I, I was it the Werewolf Ale from Newcastle? The Blood Red Ale, it? yeah. Yeah, that's that's the one. Yeah, I finished that one. All gone. Awesome. The, the Black so. Phoenix, the Black Phoenix Chipotle coffee stout was. I need well. to try that now. Yeah, Kirk, bring it over. That when we're done, when we wrap, Kirk, you hit my my place first, and then Jim's. Right. I leave for Frisco in the morning, so you may have to wait till I get back. Jim, what did he just say? I all I heard was. Wah, 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 wah. 
because there. I heard of, Frisco. There's no such place as Frisco. You know, the last time I was in Frisco, the Frisco Giants were on the verge of winning the World Series. That was one year ago. Mm. And now that I'm coming back for the same event the next year, um, they're on the verge of, you know, this is the tail end of your year as, as champions. Uh, the 2010 Giants will always be champions in my heart. But exactly. how has 2011 been having your team be the World Series champions? Was it everything you've hoped for all your life? Oh, it was great. I woke up every day happy. It was awesome. I got to say, I got to make fun of other people whose teams weren't champions all year. Like Dodger fans. And Yankee fans. And Phillies fans. And Red Sox fans. So now, what you're saying essentially is now that you've lived life on that side, you realize why everyone else is such jerks when they win the championship. Right. We are the 1%. For another week. No, actually, we're, no, for another two days. I know, really. Well, it's supposed to rain, so maybe it will. Maybe it'll never end. Maybe the World Series will never ever end, and the Giants will be the last well, champions. This is the advantage to the Rapture happening when it was supposed to be happening, is that the team that is World Series champion before the Rapture apparently is the World Series champion to infinity. God damn it, God! What happened with the Rapture? Yeah, another letdown. Oh. Ugh. Fucking God. I, I'm, seeing just signs, I'm seeing signs. I'm seeing signs already. This 999, Cain, the rise of Cain. Turn him upside down. What is he? The Antichrist. 666. It's so plain. It's coming. Oh. I don't think it's going to happen soon enough to save the Giants. No, I don't think Herman Cain's Satan. Yeah, anybody who makes pizza can't be Satan mm. by, by definition. Exactly. He's nope. got the pizza vote. I'm behind him 100%. And I am pretty much the pizza constituency. Kane is my so, man. Wait, you're behind him 100%, so you are the 100%? 100%. I want to know something about the 53%. There's yes. the, there's the 99%, and then there's the 53%. So maybe our problem is we can't add. Hey, so here's the thing. I was thinking when Jim was like doing the introduction... Got four topics tonight. How did that happen? Mm -hmm. <laughs> that four too many? And we're, or four... and we're, and we're 27 minutes in. <laughs> and we haven't done one topic. <laughs> yeah, we better get going. Jim, maybe, introduce a topic. It's, it's, it's like we've done three topics. <laughs> I know we always Normally. talk about doing the, the pot smoking episode. <laughs> is that what this is? We started, we started late, Kirk. We yeah. did. <laughs> Some of us started later than others. <laughs> yes. Um, well, we could skip a topic too if we need to. Okay, you, Jim, you're running the show. Pick a topic. This week, Warner Brothers announced they were going to stop selling Harry Potter DVDs at the end of the year, creating the same artificial scarcity that Disney has been using forever to occasionally remarket their classic catalog. Of course, whoever came up with that concept for Disney is now roasting in their own special circle of hell. But it seems to me, in 2011, creating artificial scarcity is a stupid idea. What do you guys think? Well, I, I, I agree with you, and here's my, my logic for it, is this. It's arbitrary. Because 
what basically we all kind of come of age at a certain point and we get into <clears throat> like the Harry Potter thing or the going back to the Disney thing you know they would they would remove something from the shelves and therefore people who are coming of age i.e. this 6 to 12 year olds or whatever who would who would really benefit from seeing those movies like a, a Snow White or whatever it was or Fantasia you know that you wanted to show them but for some reason it was off the shelf from from the time they were 6 to 12 and it just seems arbitrary whereas if you made that cut you got to have it in your home and you had access to it etc and i fully fully this is the only time i'll say this on air and on record support bootlegging copying whatever if somebody is going to go to this to this what you know what it reminds me of i think we might oh, have lost they, Tim. They, what's that oh to this no, one we lost you can you hear me now? <laughs> you're right Hello? in the middle of your, your, your... Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? You are right in the middle of your rant, and then you just went away. Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger here. Ah. To this what? To this what, Tim? <laughs> um, can we roll tape? Can we go back? And, and in no. conclusion... <laughs> <laughs> and as, a, as an American, I feel that this is un-American. Some people don't have maps. Some people don't have apps. <laughs> maps. Some oh, map. people don't have maps. I think we're thrown off by the fact that we're recording earlier in the evening than we have been. But That's we're back true. to our normal schedule. So we, we, basically, basically what I was what I was saying, what I was saying was that it's an arbitrary thing, mm -hmm. and it it makes it makes no sense. And I do fully support the. The pirating, bootlegging, whatever of something that has been on the shelves is purposely taking off, is is at a cash grab, and you know they're de denying people who are kind of coming it coming of age into, you know, because I I mean I have a six year old who loves Harry Potter. We don't let him see it all, but like say, I didn't have any of those movies, and then all of a sudden he comes of age at seven or eight, and I want to go out and buy those movies, but they're not on the shelves then I would say, okay, well, I'm just going to download them off the Internet. So, Kirk, can you believe that Tim Gaskell is supporting Internet piracy? Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's free speech. It's free speech. Free speech. Free speech. Yeah. Free that, always piracy reminds me, that always reminds me of that scene from Ghost World where the guy is in the parking lot of the 7-Eleven swinging his nunchucks around and the manager comes out and yells at him to stop and he's swinging his nunchucks around and he goes freedom of speech freedom of speech <laughs> <laughs> the only the only way this makes sense is if you say that someone who made the decision was reading the playbook of disney from like the 19 you know the early era of home video <laughs> Yes. Be um, before, before everyone had computers, before there was an internet, when the only way you could get it was to buy not even the DVD, the VHS, or even the Betamax, and like the dawn of home video, Disney did these cycles, where, and it was part of their marketing plan where they said, this is going away, you will never be able to get this again. This is an actual yep. marketing technique that was pioneered by Disney yep. and practiced for decades 
generated the most cash, someone is looking at that and going, yeah, we'll just do that with digital and not understanding that it doesn't work that way with digital. I, but can, there is a caveat. We'll get your product, whether you want to sell it to them. or In the 21st century, if someone wants your digital media product, they will get it whether you sell it to them or not. You should at least give them a chance to pay for it. Because they will pay for it. These are the biggest... This is what drives me crazy. I mean, it drove me crazy in the 80s because... I, I managed a video store while Disney was doing this, and they'd put out, you know, 101 Dalmatians or, or Cinderella or Snow White or, or one of those classic, classic films for a six-month window. And then people would show up very logically, very, you know, hey, can you guys, do you guys have that? And always someone had rented it, kept it, and then paid for whatever the the list price was, which is maybe seventy bucks. But of course, since it was scarce, it didn't exist anymore. That seventy dollars was a huge, made perfect sense for them. So this and they this, couldn't get it on eBay. They couldn't get exactly. So this this is the reason I hate the Disney company. Period. End of story. So for Warner Brothers to think that this is a smart idea, it's seriously it's a stupid fucking thing ever. But they are they are keeping it available digitally. I think I did read so. Um, but still, wait, wait, you know, wait, wait, if I want wait, the Blu-ray. Wait, 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 wait. So, so, so they're not selling. So they're not selling the disc anymore. But they're not selling the disc anymore. But you can download it. Apparently. So there's a possibility that somehow this ties in with the Pottermore thing, and maybe that it will only be available from the the J.K. Rowling new J.K. Rowling is launching Pottermore, which is you know everyone in the book publishing business is looking at it and saying this is the future, except that there's only one well, J.K. Rowling. So. Here's here let here here's my here's another theory I have, and I'm just throwing this out there, and I want to know what what you guys think. Now, what if what if this is the canary in the coal mine? This is the, the the test to see if big the the big studios are just going to say, you know what, we're not putting out digital, we're not putting sorry, we're not putting out physical media anymore. It's just going to be available for download, for streaming, or whatever. What if that is the what if this is the test? It's in honor of Steve Jobs. Maybe. Because he was trying to kill the disc. And we've known he that was. the disc is, is dead, but the thing is, the as we've been talking about in recent podcasts, the business model for digital is not playing out anywhere in a, in a form that is like producing anywhere near the same revenue that discs did. So this only makes sense if there's some corresponding announcement that's related to some other business model. But maybe that announcement I mean, there comes is in not six a corresponding months. announcement. If these, if the, if you can't get the DVD anymore, and there's just the digital, then it doesn't make any sense at all. I mean, mm. if 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 there's not like some new thing built around a new way of getting the digital. And by the way, we should realize that 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 even if this is a stocking horse for going digital only, if if we've seen anything, Netflix. What's happened to Netflix in the last three months, where their their stock values declined by like seventy five percent? People aren't yeah. completely ready to give up dig or give up physical media yet. Yeah, but you say that, but their their streaming um, accounts are about two to one to their digi their uh, DVD accounts. 
I think it's about twenty to ten million. Oh, so t- there, there's there's a separate conversation here, which is whether or not Netflix, after what's happened in the last summer, but especially the last few days, is a buy or a sell. I mean, I'm just pointing that out that that you're Tim, you're right. So ten million people in any other just about any industry ever or not ever but industry right now 10 million people is a hit oh yeah but when that was it's you, significant you know, but, that, but that is also that is also in a in in a decline that's on a downward slope not sure. an upward so but how much of that you downward know, you're slope right. it is a huge that's a huge revenue stream but you know it's it's by by quarters it's dropping so I think I think this move only makes sense if spec when you think about all of the things you would do to launch like a new digital video distribution model you'd want to have like something that a lot of people wanted access to like maybe like yeah Harry like Potter, Harry Potter like the Harry Potter yeah. movies so it's possible that there's something we don't know about that this is tied into but if that doesn't show up, this doesn't make any sense. When I first read it, I thought, oh, they just want to put together this whiz-bang Blu-ray box set next year. They'll get by on, you know... The Blu-ray the- box set comes out, the full Harry Potter Blu-ray box set comes out the same day that wait. Deathly Hallows 2 comes out. Wait, wait. <laughs> They're putting yeah. the Blu-ray out? <laughs> is, yeah, is and it's only available exemption? for a month. Is there some exemption in the new rules? <laughs> No, 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 it's available for like a month. Let's stop talking about this immediately. They're using us. This is a marketing ploy. Yeah, they're putting the Blu-ray out and the final film out at the beginning of of November. And then at the end of December, they're pulling everything. So there's a, this is a, yes, Kirk, it's exactly a marketing ploy. That's why, it's why it's evil. It's, it's, they're going to, they're going to sell as much as they can and then pull it all off the market at the end of the year. And let's just uh, let's just be clear here. Jim can finally see the end of the Harry Potter saga next month. Everybody else saw it six months ago. Jim can see it next month. Not everyone else. <laughs> I've been I've been waiting for all of them to be released and then pulled so that I could justify. Bootleg. You can BitTorrent them. And watching them in sequence, you know, it's uh, how many are there? Eight, seven eight. books, eight films. How many hours is that? Oh God, these well, are long. So they're two. I, you know what? Never mind. I'm going to be in the home before I have time to watch these movies. It's probably almost 20 hours worth of film, Tim. Yeah, this is a, this what? is this this is a retirement project for me. No, it's not, Kirk. That's one season of one TV show, hour-long TV show, basically. Right, I, one one hour-long TV show, one season of one hour-long TV show that I'm interested in. We'll put this down for Kirk's retirement home project, along with his five favorite REM songs. Wait a no, minute, because Kirk. I'm starting a band first. Everyone knows <laughs> the Electric Lumbar. Oh, That's number one. The Electric Lumbar is my first priority. Will you at least cover those five REM songs then? Sure, I'm in. <laughs> Kirk, why do you? I just want to know why Kirk hates magic. What have you got against magic? It's <laughs> Magic. My wife is obsessed with magic, and we have a Magic Johnson Christmas ornament <laughs> that is like like some holy artifact that has to be in like climate controlled storage. Kirk, that this is another podcast where we talk about your Magic Johnson. Okay. <laughs> oh God, no, 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 no! Unsay that, Tim. Unsay that. 
This really is the stoner episode. It wasn't that long ago when a Wi-Fi in a hotel room felt like a cutting-edge luxury. But of course, now it's pretty much a necessity for a business traveler. However, and yet another indication of how disruptive a technology an iPad truly is, according to the New York Times, the explosion of iPads is now exploding the demand for Wi-Fi in hotels, consuming on average four times more bandwidth than smartphones do. You're the biggest traveler among us right now. Have you noticed this? Oh, it's a disaster. It is a disaster. It's like, um, it, it's such a mix from like we don't have any we don't have any internet at all to we have like broadband that you can plug into and then they want to charge you to we've got wireless only to we've got I mean there's all this mixed up every possibility right so the first problem you run into with an iPad is that some places still only have a wired connection <laughs> that's well, not get your ethernet cable out <laughs> that's not going to work. Hang on, let me but most even places it. have wireless, and the wireless sucks in most places. The problem I have is trying to put on. my Ethernet cable into my iPad. Hmm, doesn't fit. No, go on. The problem I have as a traveler with various devices is that if I if there is no free access, which is always the first choice, take the free access and see how it works. If there is no free access. I'm hesitant to pay because the paid service is of such varying quality that you never know what you're getting. And the price is all over the map. In Australia, it was like $29 a day. Australian, at a point when the exchange rate made it more like $32 a day. That's insane. And then you get on and it's a bad connection. <laughs> Which makes so, it worse. Here's my pro tip that I found that minimizes the pain best case scenario there's going to be in your hotel room an ethernet cable coming out of the wall looped through something that's like a like a part of a stand that has the thing that tells you how much they're going to charge you for it or whether it's free if they charge you for the wi-fi which always sucks go with the wired even if you have to pay for it because it's running on a different segment it's running on all the wireless people are compete all the all the iPads that don't have connections or don't have Ethernet ports are competing for the available wireless spots. Meanwhile, you could have a direct you could run your own at wireless access point if you brought uh, a um, uh, an airport express right. with you. And what we travel with is the airport express. Um, we used to bring, before the airport, we used to bring a big, like, Linksys, Linksys box with us. <laughs> but now it's the Airport Express, which is, like, tiny and plugs in. That counts as one device. For the places, yeah. that, charge, for the places that charge you for, um, to access by wireless, they'll charge for each iPad. Wow. But if you use an Airport Express... You pay for the Airport Express, and then anything that connects to the Airport Express can can connect as well. So let me ask you this, Kirk, because what what, what confuses me about this is that people before they had smartphones had laptops. Is but I wonder. You last week you talked about the solid state drive on your your new MacBook, but of course the iPads have that 
that instant on. Is the fact that a laptop's a pain in the ass to boot up in a hotel mean that people don't do it the same way they just flip open their iPad or turn on their iPad? I think that it's the devices are getting more personal. They're getting closer to some of it is some of one aspect of that is they're always on and like they're literally always on. They're on immediately. You don't have to wait for it to boot or whatever else is going on. And so phones and iPads are like they become part of you. Part, part of this is part of this is the rest of the world is now beginning to use their devices the same way we always have. Well, they should stop because because they're becoming possible to use in you know a way that that anyone can use. Your mother could do this. My mother. Even Tim's mother could do this. Yeah, my, well, I don't know. Well, maybe. I don't want to talk about Tim's mom again. Again. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I haven't had too much experience with the iPad. And anyway, most places, most hotels that I stay at these days, it, it begins with letter M, not the letter H. And they have AC and HBO and free ice. Uh, <laughs> Wi-Fi is like, you know, a total bonus. Um, so I haven't I haven't tried out the I haven't tried out my iPad in a in a hotel yet. So I haven't been able to go on a trip for like two years, so I have no idea. It depends on where you're at, and also it's much much worse if you're in like a big conference hotel on an event like South by Southwest. Forget about getting on the internet. Um, don't you just take your own um, mini cell from AT and T with you when you go to um, South by Southwest? Actually, AT&T has mini, mini, like, cell cell towers mounted on mobile units parked, like, every two blocks, ringing the downtown area during South by Southwest. Last week, we didn't get a phone call from Gordon Loper, but this week, we did. So I should play this for you guys real fast. Jim, this is Media Loper v. Commissioner Gordon Loper. I am still not happy about the way you and Kirk and Tim are acting. You made the Media Loper v. promo department cry. I refrained from calling last week because I thought the rapture was going to take you away and send you to the same circle of hell that Hitler is in. Sadly, that isn't going to happen, so I'm going to double my offer to Jay Fung and Scott Oliver. Hmm. Why does why, why does he now sound like Stephen Hawking, who's from Glasgow? <laughs> what I want to know <laughs> is how come... Okay, I'm just going to say it. We had made it to this point, what, 48 minutes into the hour, and no one had mentioned Hitler. <laughs> and now wow. he's the one to mention Hitler. Only because why is he... Why we almost had a Hitler-free podcast, <laughs> and the commissioner has to bring it up because he's still pissed about the previous Hitler-filled podcasts. He is Maybe perpetuating we... the Hitler. I think he's a Nazi. Hmm. Maybe we bleep all Hitler references. Nah, that's too much work on my part. So there's a couple of things here, of course, that that that. He's, he's upset the way we talked about the promo department last week. He's still talking to Jay and Scott, and he's he's offering to pay them. We're not hmm. getting paid. No. But he's offering oh, to pay them. We, we could go on strike. Paid? Wait a minute. You're getting paid, Tim? Don't get paid? 
Tim? Uh, never mind. Forget, forget that question. Just so you'd mind. be willing to go on strike, Tim? Um, yeah. yeah, Tim. Are, are you the um, 1% or are you the 99%? Or, or I'm sorry, are you the 33% or are you the 67%? Hmm. I like to think I'm a bit of an elitist, so I'll say 33. And now it's time for In the Mix this week. Tim Gaskell. Hey, Tim, what's in your mix? Okay, if if you live in Los Angeles... <clears throat> sorry, let me start over again. <clears throat> if you live in Los Angeles, or actually they're syndicated now, you might listen to K-Rock. Uh, Ralph Garman does the movie beat every week where he doesn't see a movie and then he kind of give us, gives it a review based on the fact that he didn't see it. You're doing Coldplay, aren't you? Uh, this week on In the Mix... You're doing um, Coldplay, aren't you? I'm going to talk about the new Tom Waits, Bad mm. as Me, which I have not heard yet, but I know I'm going to like. Wait a minute. That's not in your mix no, if you no, haven't no. heard it yet. You can't do that. If you haven't heard it, you can't if put it's it in your not, mix. It's got to be no. in your mix. No, no. no I'm going to call the commissioner on this. Yeah. This is why we. This is exactly why we have a commissioner. People you're, trying you're to pull missing, this crap. No, you, you guys are missing my point here. I haven't had time to put anything in the mix this week, so that's why... <laughs> When I get the chance this week, it'll be Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds. It'll be the new Tom Waits. And it'll be a band to be named later that I haven't even, maybe even the Coldplay. And, and I, I shouldn't say that because that gives away the fact that I don't even hate Coldplay. So, uh, but it'll be something like that. Can but I tell you I, that this Tom Waits album is amazing? Like, amazing. So, is it really, really good? Okay, so he hasn't made a studio album in seven years. Yeah. He hasn't recorded any songs in seven years. He's 62 years old, and he records one of the best albums of his career. And it's like a retrospective. You're hearing from different eras. It's like he's Love bobbing. And it's like, he's, he is Tom Waits. He's he, but he's he's somebody this, who this is now a classic Tom Waits album. I'd like I'm to so yeah. excited about this. I'd like to um, point out. Wait, 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 Tim, hang on. I'd like to point ahead. out that that. Hey, hang on. Rox is here. Say hi to Tim and Kirk. Rox. Hi, Tim. Hi, Kirk. Hi, Rox. Hi, Roxanne. Uh, Kirk's Kirk and Tim no. both say hi. Don't sing Roxanne because that was a whole thing of that community episode, guys. I didn't do that. All right. So I want to point out, is this like, I would that I would not do the Tom Waits album because I'd wait for Kirk to do it because I know how big of a Tom Waits fan Kirk is. So next week, I won't do the Tom Waits album even though I've had all I've had my mix for a couple of weeks. So wait, what are you saying about Tim who's doing Tom Waits even though he hasn't listened to it yet? Well, here, hang on. I, we just got a message from Gordon Loper who will explain what Tim is. Tim Gaskill, you are an asshole. So there. How did he? How did he know to leave that message? I don't know. It's like the miracle of technology and science. Wow! So we have the ability to take live callers now. Is that what you're telling me, Jim? Because this is going to be useful. Um, no. Live callers that that are named Stephen Hawking from Glasgow. He left. He left the message on on my voicemail while you guys were talking while he. I don't know how he knows that Tim was going to do that. Or maybe it was just a random calling Tim an asshole. So <clears throat> the other thing, the one thing I have listened to a bit, which I do quite like, is Peter Gabriel's New Blood, where he actually goes back and uh, reworks some old songs of his catalog with 
orchestral arrangements and also instrumental versions of the same song. So it's kind of it's it's a good deal. And he did the scratch my back, scratch your back, um, kind of double double piece uh, earlier in the year or was it last year where he would do cover versions, kind of orchestral cover versions of other people's stuff and then he'd have other people cover his songs. It was a great uh, kind of ambitious thing. But oh, that was really? Kind of, I thought that was terrible. That was kind of a mixed, yeah, there was a mixed bag. There were a couple of good songs, but this one, uh, this one's much better. So, um, uh, it doesn't loot. Things, the other one kind of were a bit boring and um, it wasn't great, but um, this one I find works much better, and it, it kind of reveals it reveals stuff in in Peter's back catalog that you you know you hear it in a new way, and you realize wow that was a great song to begin with, and with with the uh, kind of slight alteration you you get a new perspective on it. It's kind of cool, but. You know, there are a lot of bands right now that are really, that have been around 20, 30 years or whatever, that are really living off their back catalog instead of choosing to make great new music. They're really just trying to reinvent their old music by releasing live albums, reworkings of their old hits. Squeeze did the same thing, and other times they are, what they're doing is they're going on tour by repackaging uh, their complete album is a live set, and right. uh, taking that around the country is a dog and pony show. But uh, I haven't seen any of those yet. There have been a lot of what ones I'd like to kind of see. You know, the Pixies have done it, Lucinda Williams, all kinds of people have done it, but um, I haven't seen one of those. I haven't been Dinosaur Junior are doing it right now, I believe, with Bug, and it's. It's it's kind of just a, a new way to sell old material, and I kind of I kind of understand it, but sometimes I want some these bands to be making new music as well. So. Right. Oh, sir. Just one more thing. One more thing, Kirk. So it's that time of year when I actually see commercials. Oh, because you're watching the World Series? Because I'm watching live TV because it's the World Series. And so I know that some, you know, I'm I'm uh, hesitant to comment on commercials because, you know, it may be something everyone knows about. But it never fails. I hear smokestack lightning. Howlin' Wolf on the TV, and I'm excited. This is like one of the greatest songs in the history of recorded music. And it's on the TV. Right. I am excited. And before I know what's going on, I'm like in the midst of my (laughs) excitement about hearing Howlin' Wolf on network TV, some guy starts talking about erectile dysfunction. (laughs) Wait, 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 wait. Some guy? What what, what is this? What? What? this yeah, is a I, goddamn Viagra commercial that uses Howlin' Wolf in the soundtrack. That is wrong on so many levels. I don't understand the concept. Tim, do you understand the concept of erectile dysfunction? No, I, I hear the words, but they make no it sense. It makes no sense to me at all. Why would they use Howlin' Wolf for that? Why would he they was a man. Why would they do that? What is the message here? He was a man's man. 
Are they trying to say, like, take Viagra so you can be more like Helen Wolf? What is (laughs) Yes. Why are they doing this? This is wrong. Who doesn't want to be Helen Wolf, especially this time of year? This is so wrong. Okay, you know what's even more wrong than this? The final frame. It ends with, see our ad in Golf Magazine. (laughs) What the hell is that all about? See our ad in Golf Magazine? Why would you do that? Everything about about this commercial is wrong. Targeted audience. So, what is this erectile dysfunction? Can one of you guys explain that to me? You need to uh, buy Golf Magazine. It's all in there. It, it, some yeah. Sometimes we just call it ED. Ed. Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh, I guess I'll have to do like an internet search for it because uh, seriously, that's a that's that's a brand new concept to me. Look on WebMD. You'll find it. One more thing, Tim. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, the Rolling Stones. This is um, the movie that was shot back in the 70s, early mid, mid early mid 70s in Texas, over like five nights and uh, put together for a live concert that was shown in some movie theaters for a limited time. And what they've done is they've actually made it into not just a, a download from iTunes, but they've made it into an app effectively. So it sits there on your iPad as as a, a selectable app. You don't have to go into your videos or anything else. And then you've got a menu, so it's kind of almost like a DVD. Um, but the nice thing about it, what you once you've got it, you can download any time about five or six bonus things, including some bonus songs, interviews, uh, other takes, etc. So that stuff doesn't have to like sit on your hard drive and take up space. You can download that any time. And then you've got the you've got the movie on your iPad. You can share it. You can watch it on your TV. I <clears throat> I hook my iPad up to the TV sometimes to watch stuff. Although HBO Go, yes, is not one of those. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. Maybe are they owned by Disney by any? You know. By the way, I I I I pay for HBO, which is why I get to use HBO Go. So I should be able to watch HBO. I should be able to watch fucking Game of Thrones anywhere I want to. Right, because you're not you're not sitting there watching the commercials on HBO. You've already paid for it. So, exactly. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So anyway, so the Rolling Stones, uh, ladies and gentlemen, the Rolling Stones live in Texas. This is my uh, one more thing. It's an app on iTunes, and it's pretty good. It's seven ninety nine. Now that's cheaper than getting it on the DVD too. thing. As a songwriter and lead singer for The Long Winters, John Roderick is responsible for two of my favorite records of this millennium. 
2003's When I Pretend to Fall, and 2006's Amazing Putting the Days to Bed. And while another Long Winters album is very much overdue, in the interim, Roderick has a column for the Seattle Weekly, and in the last couple of months has been doing a weekly podcast with a San Francisco-based broadcaster named Merlin Mann. The podcast is called Roderick on the Line, and it's my new favorite thing in the entire world. It's basically two extremely smart and witty mid-40s lifelong music biz guys and raconteurs chatting about whatever happens to come up. Recently, Roderick told a story about meeting Neil Young for the first time that was alternately hilarious and poignant. And they walk right over, and Neil goes, Hey, Nick, how's it going? And Nick goes, Great, Neil. I want you to meet a good friend of mine, John Roderick. And Neil goes, Hey, John, how's it going? And puts out his hand. And we stand there and spend 10 minutes talking. Now, this is a gift that Nick Harmer gave me that I think it says volumes about Nick Harmer, first of all. But I'm but I'm, I'm standing here, I'm talking to Neil Young, and I'm thinking to myself, what am I going to do if he offers me a hit off of his doobie? You couldn't even, you couldn't even concentrate on enjoying the moment because he just kept waiting for the moment where he well, pulls out like a Cheech and Chong-sized joint. But the thing is, the smell of pot is wafting over us as we're talking. The whole podcast ping-pongs from topic to topic to topic and really feels like the conversations they'd be having when the tape wasn't running. Roderick on the line. It's a beautiful thing. Okay, I'm looking you know it up about, now. Do you, do you know about Merlin Mann's other podcast? No, I don't. Uh, do you know anything else about Merlin Mann? I, honestly, I'm I, I I I got back to Merlin Mann in the context of John Roderick. We'll talk. Cool. There's a lot more to Merlin Mann. I'm gonna listen to it. I did I did not know about that. Yeah. It's 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 amazing. I don't know. You guys know the Long Winners records? Yeah. I love. I haven't heard the first one, but the last two are just amazing. And that does it for Medial Upper Bebop episode 21, Harry Potter and the Naked Grab for Cash. Thanks again to my co-hosts and experts on erectile dysfunction, Tim Gaskell. Dispelliarmos. And Kirk Biglioni. I resist that title. <laughs> uh, and of course I'd like to thank you for listening this far through what was an amazingly giddy and um, stoned... Mm-hmm. Not stoned. Not stoned <laughs> podcast. I'm your host, Jim Connolly, and we will catch you guys again next week. Same Bebop time, same Bebop channel.